Hey guys, it's Charlie here. And before we get into today's episode, just a quick reminder that the Two Guys One Cup Junk Time AFL Podcast Grand Final Show is back for 2022. Live, baby, at the European Beer Cafe. That's 120 Exhibition Street, Melbourne. Uh, that's right. I'll be there. Adam will be there. Michael will be there. Will will sort of be there. He's got to observe health and safety protocols, so uh, he's going to be dialing in. But we're going to be there on stage with heaps of great guests discussing everything about the big dance tickets are available at trybooking.com we'll put a link in the episode description below and i think we're also going to do a live stream for people who can't make it in person so more info on that as it comes to hand but yes the grand final show is back baby go to trybooking.com for more info or click the link in the episode description below Exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. Shit, how stiff you think we'll be insightful, clever, or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. <laughs> it is. Monday, September the 5th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And after what was considered one of the greatest first weeks the greatest. of the final series The greatest ever. first week of finals ever. I'm calling it. Oh, Will's calling it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, on this show, we, we get a bit silly. We're a footy-adjacent podcast, yep. but we thought maybe we would start by going straight to the experts. Yeah. Uh, so Podcast Mike, um, who, as you remember, at the start of this year declared that it would be his... Big year of footy. <laughs> big year of footy. And then halfway through his big year of footy, it turned out it had not been a big year of footy. And we asked him about his big year of footy and he blamed the he AFL. He blamed the Charlie. AFL. He said <laughs> the AFL have got to get their shit together before Mike was going to be interested. Well, I think you can only look at the weekend of football that has just gone and say the AFL, they've got their house in order, Charlie. Yeah. They their house was out of order, but their house is in order. They were, even as a Bulldogs fan, I am not so broken and bitter by what happened on the weekend to not be able to admit it was one of the greatest weekends. Just like to see those four games in a row. Like any, if you saw any four games in a row that were to that standard. So last week I reset, Charlie. I said, you know what? Mike's big year of football does not need to be the year 2023. Mike's big year of football can be Mike's big year of finals football. Like, you know, he gets serious when the AFL gets serious, you know, yeah. they've shaken off, you know, the yeah. riffraff. Mike, time for Mike doesn't get out of bed for less than finals. That's, that's what we're saying, right? Like, exactly. Don't that's, bother that's him he gets interested. unless the game is no, played at the highest level. I just, I don't want to see the pizza delivered. I just want to skip to them fucking. Yeah. That's what Mike says to us. <laughs> it's all just money podcast, shot compilations. Every week. <laughs> 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 so, uh, money shot compilations, or as I like to call them, KO minis. So, <laughs> 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 
It's a niche joke, but I'm so proud of that joke. Uh, it's really good. So I, I, I said to Mike, you can make it your big year of finals football. And uh, the AFL turned it on, Mike. So let's cross to you, podcast Mike. Um, did you start your big year of finals football? What are your recollections and observations of the weekend in football? Tigers are out. That's what? terrible for Tigers fans. <laughs> uh, and uh, and it, was a, it was a huge game for them. Whoever they were playing played just played a better game on the day, to be honest. And <laughs> unfortunately, they've, uh, they're out of the finals and it, yeah. was, it was a good year for them. But yeah. they, I think, you know, we know three or four years ago, they won three grand finals in the space of four years. So yeah. really, it's, you know, they've had their time. They don't really need any more fanfare. Mike, do you think it was a mistake to play an obviously underdone Dusty Martin? Uh, no, I, don't, I think it was the right decision for the for the day. Um, <laughs> I think he look he he's one of the best players in the game, and he should yeah. be out there. Really, um, I also heard Geelong had a really took played a really risky game, um, which I'll let you guys explain in more detail. <laughs> no, thanks for but thanks, um, I'm just giving the headlines up the top of the show here. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, what about the Bulldogs? Great. I mean, they lost, but they yeah. played great. And it's it like you said, Will. It's games like that where you're just like, "This is what footy's all about." <laughs> and so you can't really complain in a game like that. That's what the game's all about. And it's, ga- it's games like that that make you love the game. And Are we sure yeah, that so this is actually podcast, Mike, and not some AI algorithm that's just spitting out? It's so the good. Show. This is he's been on point. He hasn't said a word wrong so far. To be honest with you, he's absolutely nailed it. We have missed one game, of course, though, um, and that is. Uh, Sydney and uh, Melbourne, the, the Melbourne. battle of the, the big city. <laughs> Sydney and free Melbourne, according to podcast Mike. <laughs> <laughs> podcast Mike, a lot of people don't know, but marches in those free Melbourne marches every weekend. <laughs> Him and Avi Yemeni are just down there calling for Daniel Andrews to get arrested. <laughs> so both trying to get some like online engagement for their videos, you know, it's a, it's a good direction, so... <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, Melbourne versus Sydney, the two uh, biggest cities in Australia take on each other. What were your observations, Mike? Oh, and it, it's a game like that is always going to be a big game. <laughs> that's all that's, and that's all there is to it. So It was a surprisingly big game, wasn't it? 78,000 people or something? 78,000. Which, which, which Swans player surprised you the most for their mm. performance? I mean, that's unfair because we can't even identify a Swans player. <laughs> so how good podcast, Mike, identify us. Uh, who, yeah, who do you think really stood up for the Swans? In a game like that where it's Melbourne versus Sydney, two of the biggest cities in the country playing off against each other, like the whole game's a The blur. Webster's Dictionary even... describes the contest as being... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just you couldn't... You couldn't nail down one player. It's just it's the actually teams, true. Yeah, yeah. It was teams just accurate. played so well, and this is a really good take. You couldn't <laughs> name one player that played particularly well. They that's all, actually like, true. <laughs> I cannot name one player from Sydney who played well, and yet they won the game. Podcast Mike is single-handedly dismantling sports journalism, just showing how easy it how is. How easy it is. <laughs> Well, those, yeah, those were my observations. Thank good and, observations. Um, yeah, looking really forward podcast, to next mate. round of the finals. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll what are you most you. Look, can I just say, though, okay. what are you most looking forward to about okay. the next round of the finals? Well, actually, I'll say this. Yeah. I'm going to make this call right here, right uh-huh. now on the show. 
I will watch the grand final. Oh, guaranteed. Oh, oh okay. wow. So you're going to watch will, the, the most viewed like television event yeah. every year in Australia. You're going to watch it? Yeah, I will definitely watch that at least. <laughs> I might watch one of the, is it semifinals next or quarter finals? Uh, it's a semifinal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll probably, watch one oh, yeah. of the semifinals. Yeah. yeah. Qualifying final, semifinal. Grand Preliminary final. final Preliminary grand final. Grand final. Yeah. Okay. Let's say that's cool. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as we say those things out loud, they don't seem to make a no. lot of sense. So, um, all right, okay, we will check back in with Podcast Mike about Next his week. big year of twenty twenty two big year of finals footy. Um, before we get to the business of the day, because Charlie, as we know, is the Jared Waitley of this podcast and puts together a running sheet. But yeah. I've gone, I've gone all, all Robo. Right. Oh dear! Have like, you brought like in a cask for me? <laughs> so. I want to talk about something that happened before the podcast. Okay. I need, I'd been working all day. We're mm. recording at night tonight and um, I'm doing a photo shoot for, for Question Everything. We've announced it now. It's back so I can actually mention it. Question Everything back on the ABC in a few weeks. And so we've got to do a publicity shoot tomorrow, shoot some promos and stuff. And so you know for the last month I've been working on the world's most pathetic beard. Like mm. it has been... Like, I, I, what I have learned is I could never change my identity. I could never go on hunted. I could never go on the run. Like, my mastery of facial hair is just, like, terrible, and it's never going to happen. Like, I'm nearly 50. It's not going to kick in at any stage. But I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm shaving yeah. for the podcast. I'm going to shave a Bevo moustache yeah. in solidarity with my coach who's come under fire for his tactics. And there's a lot of people who don't barrack for the Bulldogs and don't realise how we, wrapped we are as Bulldogs fans to, like, keep making the finals every year. And, like, we've won a grand final. Like, this has been the best. I don't, like, all these idiots outside the Bulldogs who are like, oh, Bevo's got to go. You're like, shut up. Stop it. He can coach forever. Like, even if he never wins another game, he can coach forever. We're happy, Right. And I am so bad at growing facial hair that when I went to, like, shave in the Bevo, like, I couldn't even... It just got so wispy as it went down. There was no, like, room to do the handlebar moustache. So then I tried to shave, like, for, for listeners of our other podcast, Tofop, uh, we've been talking a lot about Top Gun. So I thought, oh, this would be fun, funny for Charlie. I'll, I'll try to do, a, like, a goose moustache from Top Gun. <laughs> I've gone full robo tonight. And, and then I I've just got a do... producer in my earpiece going, just could you get Will to stop talking about his moustache? <laughs> and then I've ended up with something that, like, well, there are tw 20-year-olds in the AFL who are running around with better moustaches than this. Prior to you beginning this very long-winded anecdote, I had not actually realised you had a moustache. I thought it was just yeah. a shadow. <laughs> I thought it was just a shadow falling across your face. Then as I started to realise, oh, no, it is a moustache, I started to put two and two together, another thought occurred to me, and I don't know how you are going to react to this, but with that moustache and those glasses, you are a spitting image of my dad. <laughs> Oh, my God. Imagine what a reveal that this is all about your father issues. I mean, you, ironically, you said you wanted to look yeah. like Goose. And if you listen to our other podcast, Tovop, you know about how that's all about daddy issues and the weirdness of a son dressing exactly like his dad. But you you've have done a gas you, you've roosted, you, You've roosted my dad. It's the weirdest well, no, thing. I think it's the opposite. You've been subtly grooming me <laughs> to turn into your dad. You've been, like, mentioning moustaches and, like, you got it inside my head. 
head and like, now you've got to go, if I just nudge him in this direction, I'll finally have my daddy back. I mean, if people want a more uh, AFL equivalent, you've got more of a John Northey type moustache. Yeah. That's it's a good... It's old school, isn't it? It yeah, isn't it's 80s. modern at all. Yeah, no, yeah. it's def- and it's definitely not cool. But yeah, it's weird. I have to get a... No. Before you shave it off, I'm going to have to get a photo. I'm, that's right, Riverside's video. I've got... I'm going to get a screen capture of this and show it to my family and ask them if... Because I've never noticed it before, but now that you have the moustache, there's a real similarity between you and my dad. I mean, for people listening, my dad died when I was 10 years old, so like yeah. there is a frozen image of him in my mind and I'm just looking at him now. It's, and you know, it's, I don't think he was that much like older a than real, you. Real breakthrough therapy moment, doesn't it? <laughs> Should we get to the football if anyone is still listening? Yes, all right. Okay. Uh, well, let's start uh, in a painful place for you, um, uh, WA, where I, I think, Will, I did you and all Dogs fans a disservice. Mm. Yeah. I basically did a Channel 7 Twitter account to the Bulldogs. Yeah. At quarter time, I sent out a pithy little tweet making some joke. I did a little subversion of the hold my beer tweet where I was like, it's been a great round of football. Then Frio were like, well, don't hold my beer. We're just going to sit quietly in the corner. I sent that out at quarter time or even just before because they kicked the last three goals of the first quarter. I think I kicked it before that run of three goals at the end of the first quarter and I immediately knew that the dogs were doomed. <laughs> like as soon as I hit send on that tweet and it got a lot of likes, a lot of engagement, a lot of thumbs up, a lot of retweets. And then within half an hour, I'm like, oh, this is all going south. Yeah, I mean, that first quarter, first quarter and a half really, there was a moment in that second quarter when Bont missed a goal that he probably should have kicked. And at that stage, he was just like Out of absolutely control. dominating. And... I think if he kicked that goal, Frio might have just, like, it just might have been too much. You yeah. know, it just felt like that everything was going wrong. Like, they weren't getting the rub of the ball with free kicks. Like, they were kicking the ball into the post. They were some goals such that they would ordinarily miss. A, like, a rabble in that first quarter. Like, it made me question everything I had thought about Frio this year. They, they, they look so bad. They look so overawed. They look so yeah. amateurish. And like you said, they were missing shots on goal. But it was... It was Embarrassing. It was like the Frio of old, flaky Frio, where just dumb things were happening to them and they just were missing handballs and missing goals. And just, they, they, I thought it was going to be like a, at least a 10 goal victory to the Bulldogs. But then what yeah, happened? I'm, I mean, I started to think that too. I was like, oh, hang on. Bevo's you know, maybe, boys. but this is the problem, Charlie. Yeah. Like, this is the problem. I, I say this is a master trope by Frio because Frio, in retrospect, you look at that first quarter, that first quarter and a half, because this has been a game of cat and mouse. The Bulldogs behind the scenes at Fremantle know that Bevo loves to be a bottom boy, right? And that his whole strategy this entire season has been to be a bottom boy. So you think, they, the, it, do you reckon the IP went with like Bob Murphy and stuff? They pulled Justin Long to his side and said, hey, he look, goes, what, what do real... we need to know about Bevo? He is a bottom boy. He loves a bottom boy. He's just he like, gr- he he's grooms them into being bottom boys. Wait bottom boys. <laughs> Hang on, what are we <laughs> talking like... about here? <laughs> <laughs> He's been recruiting bottom boys across state lines. <laughs> and so uh, he loves being a bottom boy. Frio knew this when they pulled out Nat Fife, right? That was their big masterstroke. They're like, aha, we're the bottom boys. Mm. And then Bevo was like, no, 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 we're pulling out Libba. Aha, uh, we're, we're the, the bottom, bottom boys. boys, right? And then Frio, what do they do? They Late come out, rope dope in the first like, quarter and a half, pretend that they can't play football. Do you know how the skill it takes, like, for them to kick the ball into the post that often? That, that is, they were clearly doing it on purpose so that we weren't bottom boys anymore. And then that was that, their tactic that they would sling past us when we... Because 
That was honestly what it felt like. As soon as the Bulldogs were like, oh, yeah, we're good again. Yeah. They stopped being good. Like, but that has been... That game was such an encapsulation of our entire season. Exactly like, what I was going to say. It was your season crystallised. Yeah. Like a moment of brilliance yeah. <laughs> and a lot when of When we were good, we looked unstoppable. Yeah. And when we were bad, you could see where all the problems are. Like, the, you know, our back line... I mean, it's no secret that, like, our back line is not as strong as it needs to be. And, like, when you're going into a finals... And your forward line, your key forwards, like a Jamara who's, you know, just finding his way in the game and like Sam Darcy who's literally played like three games of AFL football. Clearly, you need everything to go right for you. And it felt like in that first quarter, quarter and a half, it wasn't going to matter that our back line isn't that strong and our forward line wasn't that strong because like everything that was happening in the middle was so good and so dominant that it like it didn't matter. But... Like, you know, in a, in a long game. Frio, I mean, I thought it was a great victory by Frio. That's what I will say. Yeah. It was, they just trusted the way that they play football and just kept going. And, like, kept going at a point where they absolutely could have given up. So There's you've, been, got, to, you've got to applaud them. In a great season filled with great individual performances, I think yeah. Andrew Brayshaw's season has been what I've enjoyed the most. Like, he is just such a pleasure to watch. Like, such a unique... Mm footballer and in, the, in, the, in his, the, his two-way running and like he you could see him willing yeah. his team across the line like he plays like a captain even though he's not and I did sort of see they cut to Nat Fife in the booth at one stage scribbling notes and I'm wondering yeah. if he's like quickly like writing a note to his manager to say hey can I get traded because I got a feeling I'm losing the captaincy and I might be like they might be playing me in the back pocket soon like it just felt like oh he's arrived I mean well, he, if he, hasn't he, already he, he played well all game. And, of course, I mean, he's the AFL MVP. Like, yeah. the, the players know that he's a good player. You yeah. know, they all voted for him as being the, the best player in the if game. If I was Mrs Brayshaw, I'd be tugging that scarf a bit more to the purple side. That's all I'm saying. Okay, oh, but, like, you know, like, Angus played well in the Melbourne game as well. So yeah. Yeah, Mrs Brayshaw can still, like, be, you know, a flip-flopper, you know, an indecisive <laughs> fence hitter if she really wants to be. I mean, make a choice, I would say. And the choice is I'd invest in, like, Angus is at the end, you know? I mean, he'll keep playing for another five years, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. I mean, Andrew is, what, 22 years old or, like, 21 years old? Yeah. He's, and But the other guy that, and I know we're going to get to this, but who is like Brayshaw, is Lockie Neal. It was mm. so good to oh, see man. the two of them and, like, just... Two people who probably, like, it'll, the Brownlow might be, like, one or the other of them. Yeah. And based on the way they played in those finals on the weekend, you're like, okay, well, if either of them win the Brownlow, they absolutely deserve it. We, we will get to that game because I actually went to it and had my first ever real close-up look at Lockie Neal. And, and yeah, he's amazing. Uh, one thing that did catch my attention during the Bulldogs Fair game was the commentary. Mm. I felt like there was a real two guys, one cup flavour to this. Trouble again, Vandermeer. Norton tried to adjust his headband down around his chin at the moment. Young comes away. And I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Like, you know, they, they make a comment about, you know, Aaron Norton's headband. But then this happened. Norton got the headband sorted, couldn't take the mark. Pierce almost at the back wanted to claim that. And I was like, surely we've heard enough about the headband, but no. And the headwear just got a little out of shape here for Aaron Norton. <laughs> Tried to fix it. Almost down around his Adam's apple at one point. 
<laughs> I mean, in a gripping contest, Will, there was a lot of talk about one player's headband. But also what I loved was it never went anywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't, who was that commentating there? Was that? Oh, I don't know. I actually no. was thinking that at the time. I was like, I yeah, don't know who I, any of these people are. Same. Hamish McLaughlin was the lead commentator. That was the only Maybe it was um, Jason Bennett, maybe. Was okay. it Jason Bennett? Um but anyway, it was one of those things where he kind of felt like he'd stumbled into a humorous area and he was like, I'm not going to let this go. But he did not know what to do with it. Like the way he leaned into, almost made it down to his, uh, <laughs> his Adam's apple. <laughs> well, he was clearly taking it more with it more than the other commentators because yeah. I haven't edited They it did out. not jump in, did they? No, there was <laughs> exactly. no help was, at all. <laughs> and, Guys? He kept, and he kept coming back to it because he's yeah. like, there is something here. There's some gold here. Um, Let's move on to what I think, you know, and it's still a weekend, was my favourite game, uh, which was the Cats and the Pies on Saturday night. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. really was one of the best games I can ever remember. And let look, it was for Father's Day weekend, it was a real tribute to sperm because you've got the Dacos sperm and the Brayshaw sperm <laughs> on the same <laughs> weekend doing, making their dads real proud. <laughs> like, thank God. You came out when you did because you boys are playing some fantastic footy. That first quarter from the Dacos brothers where it was like yeah. nine and 11 possessions between them, I was like, oh, my God, like they are going to be unstoppable. But then bloody the cats came I mean, back into it. But it, the thing that I will say about the Dacoses is like it's not enough that they got Nick. Like, I know. And, and that he's so good. And like he's and like just his sense of football, like the way mm. that he plays, like he's already like you know that key person that they get the ball to in the back line to set up play. It's amazing that they know that they have this like once in a generation player. But he comes down to the club, and not only do they get that, but it turns out he turns his brother into a superstar as well. St Kilda have not had one father son in thirty years, not one that's gone on to play more than fifty mm. games. And they get two <laughs> within three years of each other. It's not fair. I mean, the Bulldogs have done pretty well out of Father yeah. Son, so I'm not going to complain. It's a good production to lie <laughs> down at the Bulldogs. And apparently Scotty West's got another kid who's pretty good. So keep reading, Bulldogs. I mean, did you ever feel like you knew how the game was going to go? Like, I yes. got the sense that Collingwood were just going to do what Collingwood would do. Like, I felt like... In the second quarter, Geelong evened it up a bit mm. and then Collingwood just had a bit more momentum and I felt like maybe the, the, the Cats had clawed back within 10 points. But then when they got 12 points up in the last quarter, Dugowie kicks that goal. I'm like, all right, the Magpies know how to hold on to this lead. But then just like the, the – I don't think I can remember a game where the pressure was so high. Like really skillful players like Dacos – just making mistakes, just feeling inferred pressure. Like every single contest at the stakes was so high. Yeah, but I think that's where they made their mistake is that they know how to win those close games from behind. That's what they've done recently, right? Like, mm. I know that's they just not go been the story all, all season, but they go all out, whereas they found themselves enough in front and I'm not sure knew exactly what to do in that position. And I actually, weirdly, and I don't know if it's just my Geelong true believerism, but I just was always like, I feel like Geelong... After the first quarter, I was like, oh, Collingwood, had, like, they just, Geelong looked slow and Collingwood looked fantastic and they're just like, you know, I can't see Geelong winning this. But it did feel like for the next three quarters, you felt like Geelong were just slowly 
getting on top and their good players were starting to work their way into the game. And Jeremy Cameron, I mean, that moment after Johnson kicked that one goal from one boundary line and it like went both ways as he kicked it. And it's deliberate because he did it a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And then Jeremy Cameron goes over on the other boundary line and just does exactly the same thing on the different boundary with the different foot. I followed this guy who is an American who's just started watching AFL football and he's been tweeting about <laughs> like what he thinks the game's about. And he's obviously adopted Collingwood as his team and he's watched them playing and he just keeps tweeting about like are all games like this is this like <laughs> what your game is like all the time and it was yeah it was amazing I mean Jeremy Cameron like he is like just some of his field kicking it was just I, know, I mean I know that he was a good player at GWS but he is a I think he's a better player even than Geelong knew they were buying I think he was a better player than any of us realised because yeah. he never really went into the midfield like he does mm. now, like having this six foot seven midfielder. And I remember like the, the, the scuttlebutt or the concern going into the game was, oh, well, you know, what if he pulls his hammy, he's only had yeah. like two weeks off or whatever. And then from the very first contest, he's just like charging straight to the middle of the pack. I'm like, oh, well, he's not going to die wondering. And then, I mean, I was – I. I, I I have an issue with Geelong. I don't like them, yeah. but I just cannot help but just be fo- so full of admiration for what I, uh, I mean, them and the Swans, I guess, just in terms of what those clubs do to players. And no better example than Gary Rowan. Do you remember what I said to you in the two, 2016 <laughs> grand final when he was having a shot and you were getting nervous? What did I, what did I say to you? I mean... No, I mean, look, I can't remember the exact wording because all of that day is very blurry to me. But, you know, you look, you didn't have much faith in Gary Rowan getting the job done. I told you not to worry. It's Gary yeah. Rowan. And <laughs> clearly I haven't been the only person who has maligned, maligned him. But then that game, I mean, that last play where he tried, it was, it was, if the Bulldogs season was summed up in one game, then Gary Rowan's career was summed up in one bit of play where he was on his own, like drops the ball, but then butters up and manages to get off and, and wins the game for them. It was very Gary Rowan, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, like, yeah, it was everything. I, I, it feels like, you know, Chris Scott during the week was, uh, I thought really good in the way that he kind of actually Chris Scott. It felt like he'd been listening to two guys one cup because the way that he was. We are so deluded. The amount of people we're saying (laughs) listening. I see the numbers, Will. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) Or imagine, or it's only them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, maybe. (laughs) If it's the Western Australian commentary team and Chris Scott, then yeah. Okay, so. he did that thing when people were asking about Gary Rowan's finals record where he was like, oh, Gary Rowan's like our 15th most important player. So, like, if it's gone wrong, it's not Gary's fault. Like, we just expect him to sort of come in and do... That's what we've been saying about Reese Stanley all season, which is, like, we expect this level from him and occasionally we're going to get a game that's out of the box. But you're the ones that are wrong yeah. that think he's going to play like that all the time. Like... What you get with Gary Rowan is he does that once every like four or five finals. That's what he does. And that's all you can expect. And on the day when it happens like that, it's the difference between you winning or losing. It was, I felt so good for him, but that moment where he dropped that mark at the end, I'm just so glad he recovered and (laughs) like made that goal possible because that would have been it, right? Like regardless of that pack mark, regardless of what he'd done for the rest of the game, it all all would have been about him dropping that mark and, and, and them losing. 
Um, there was a lot of attention on uh, Craig McRae's comments after the game. He said this in his press. I, I, I must admit, the siren goes and there's um, half a dozen of our guys laying on the ground. That, that, for me, that's not a winner. That's, that's um, acting like a loser. The mean girls approach. Yeah. What's your take? I mean, firstly, you do not want to be with Craig McRae. Nice guy, but don't want to walk past a homeless person. Like, <laughs> get he just really gets a lot of feed, direct feedback. Don't want to go to a mattress shop with him. So, he's <laughs> like, hates camping. Look at him, lying on the ground there like a bunch of losers. <laughs> so, um, I, I didn't mind it, I've got to yeah, say. No. I thought that... His whole attitude has been like, no, 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 we're not going to get bundled. We deserve to be here. And I thought they did. They played really well. It, they could have won that game. And so I, I, I liked it. I liked him sort of saying to them, you know, because it's a bit of the hardness. Like, this is a guy who got coached by Lee Matthews. Yeah. You know he's not all just like fun and light and funny and, you know, there's got to be a harder edge. And I thought it was the, the right time. The thing that I've been amazed is, is, how many people have had a problem with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we must be in the upside-down universe because tell me if this is not the biggest pot calling the, the, the kettle black moment. What would you make of that? Oh, it was strange, yeah. It's a strange thing to be picky with your players about. I mean, it's one of the most ferocious, high-pressure games you've ever seen and your natural reaction as a player is often, oh, you, the, the despair of it and you drop to the ground, then you quickly get yourself up and you shake hands. So Strange thing to be picky about, says Kane fucking Collins. <laughs> you know what I love is? I had not heard that, but I'm glad I had the complete opposite take to Kane. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. I feel that I'm right. Uh, Swans and D's um, on, yeah. uh, on Saturday. Wow. I mean, podcast oh, yeah, Mike summed yeah. it up beautifully. Honestly, he didn't know it, but... His observation that no one played particularly well and yet the Swans won. Like, I mean, obviously they had players who played well, but there was no real star of the team. That has been their season. That has been their entire season. If you look at their stats, they all Mm. have average stats. But what that means is even like their bottom six have stats Mm. closer to their top six than any other team. So they all contributed that kind of... They're like... I mean, I know they're the bloods, but it's almost the, like communism personified. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's kind of like one in, all in. Like they're really just. I mean, yeah, again, yeah, that's like, what I mean. That's imagine if that was actually John Longmire's secret. Like when he talks about the, the bloods culture, culture, the comrades. Yeah. He's like, well, what else is red, guys? Communism, right? Bloody anyway, Marxism. We've got to go. And work, we've got to go and work on our marks. Yeah. Uh, oh, field marks? No, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <Carl. laughs> Read this book about marks. <laughs> when I say Carl, I don't mean big Carl Ditterich either. <laughs> uh, one thing that struck me the most about this game, and I know we've talked about him before, but Jack, cheeky Jack Ginevan yeah. has copped all the shit this year for being Oof. like the biggest pest in the, a- p- yes. pissed, the, biggest pest <laughs> in the AFL. Tom Papley is easily the biggest pest in the AFL. Jack Ginevan might be cheekier, but I like that about him. But Tom Papley, the way he gives it to the opposition, yeah. the way he gives it to the crowd, that little, I just, that face of his, he drives me <laughs> mental well. You know what Tom Papley is? I think he's a guy who looked in the mirror one day and saw what his face says to the world and thought, <laughs> I may as well lean into this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take, take this up a notch. <laughs> never has a face suited 
a man and his personality more. I love watching him play. Like he is, and you know, that moment with Buddy where he kind of like, you know, suckered May into that free kick and then when Papley, you know, just sort of came alive. Like the Swans really needed that mm. at that stage. And he is, he's what you want coming into a final, isn't he? He's just one of those people that you're like, he's going to, he's, he's he not going to die off. wondering. He's going to yeah. m- try and make something happen. Yeah, he, fe- he feeds off the crowd's energy and he'll, you know he'll take it to n- another level. Um, I think Jake Lloyd must be listening to the show, Will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's desperate to get noticed by us. Like, yeah. what a game. I mean, literally, like, clutch goal and... Clutch, two goals. He's kicked, like, th- one, one goal in his boundary. career. <laughs> yeah. And he's kicked two in this game. But it's funny, the amount of people who, like, sent me his photo going, hey, do you know who this guy is? Look, here's what I'll say about Jake Lloyd is... Yeah, you send me a photo of him. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Jake Lloyd. Yeah. If I was to walk past him in the street, I would not know who no. it was. Like, he, he, ha- he has a forgettable face. I'm sorry, I understand he's a good player, but he is not memorable in the slightest. Absolutely not memorable. That's his secret. Yeah. Like, he just blends in. People are like... Communism, Will, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no right? free market. There's no free market. Everything we have one Jake Lloyd, and he's like that. All right, we don't need we don't need flair and colour and all that bloody bourgeois shit, comrade. Comrade. So, do you reckon the Swans are Premiership faves or or, or the Cats? I mean, oh, I the, the the Swans' job on the D's was more convincing than the Cats. I agree because I think the Swans have so much more upside. Yeah. Like, you know, you, they really did win without any of those players who could have a big day in another final, like Haney or like Warner or Buddy or any of those people having like a big day. So, yeah, like if they can get it done with no one playing well, like imagine if they some of them play start well. playing well. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they... So Buddy, Buddy has only one flag to his name, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's yes. weird because you sort of think, him, think of him as a Hawks player and, but you forget that he missed that... that that three-peat. So I want that. I think if I have to pick a team to win the flag, okay, I'm okay with the Swans. Remember yeah. last week someone asked us who would be okay and I didn't bring the Swans up, but I think I'd be okay with it just for that storyline. I want to see Buddy get another flag. After watching that game, I absolutely I would. Like I just – it's just amazing to see like this cal- – like I mean Rowbottom's a really good footballer. Like mm. – they just all these guys that you're like. I did not realize that you were this good. What's going on up there? Like, how are they making plays so good and stuff? Well, it's even that communism. Will <laughs> yes, <laughs> I believe the answer is communism. So Tom Hickey was being interviewed after the game. I don't know if you saw this. Did you yes. see any of this footage? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they asked him about you know the fact that you've played at four clubs. Um, you know, w- what is the difference at Sydney? You know, the Bloods culture. And he talked about the idea that they were just good people, that they cared. And then he revealed that his twins had been in hospital during the week. And obviously it was top of mind to him. And he was like, you know, quite visibly emotional about the whole thing. The first thing that came to his mind in a moment of incredible vulnerability was that everybody had looked after him. Like the first word that came to his mind was like care and compassion, that they were Mm. good people. So you know what that sounds like to me, Charlie? Communism. Communism. <laughs> fucking communism. There are a bunch of fucking reds under the fucking beds up in Sydney. 
Um, Christian Petraka, hairline yeah. fracture, I believe, contusions on his leg. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated when you hear these stories about people playing like with broken legs and shit. Yeah. Uh, this is a serious issue for the piece going forward, right? Like this, I mean, traditionally the team that loses uh, the first final, the first what, a top four final, wins the next week. But yeah. I don't know, man. And I think they're playing uh, Brisbane, who are their bunny. Like they are just, they match up so well against Brisbane and have such a good record against Brisbane that... Like, even with, like, you know, players out, I think they would be confident going into that game. Okay, so do you, are your Simon Goodwin, do you rest Petraka? If it makes it different? I mean, if the doctors say no difference, of course not. But if they say, hey, look, a week off might at least give him some time to heal. Um, I, I think what they're going to say is you either don't play him or you might as well just play him this week. Right. Okay. You know, I don't think a week's going to week make the gonna difference. going to fix a broken yeah. leg? <laughs> That's no. why I've dropped out of medical school. <laughs> All right, I guess uh, well, that's broken. i just uh, leave it for a week and see how it goes. It's only a hairline fracture, right? It'll be right in a week. I still, yeah, I still think it takes longer than that for bone to heal. So, uh, look, there's got to be a part of you that has to legitimately assess whether it's worth taking the risk. In well, general. it's just more that, you know, if you think you can get through, like you said, the last time they played the Lions, they absolutely humiliated them. And so if you're confident of doing that again... Yeah. And you could get some kind of advantage by having, you know, your star midfielder rest his leg, then I'd be tempted to. Well, yeah, I think they've just signed him to seven years at a million dollars a year. I'd be tempted. Like, you'd you'd want to be very confident that you're not going to do long-term damage. Yeah, yeah. But the problem, that's fine, though. If you do do long-term damage, just yeah. trade him to the Saints. We'll pay him $800,000 a year to play 14 <laughs> games over a five-year period. Uh, their p- opponents next week, uh, the Lions, up at the Gabba. Now, I went to this game yes. live. I was uh, lucky enough to get gifted some tickets at the last minute, so uh, drove up to the Gabba and uh, paralyzed my bladder holding onto my piss for so long. Like, it's five days, and I still have, like, slight abdominal pain from holding on to my wee for so long on the Gold Coast Highway. Um, it was one of the best games I can ever remember oh, being to live. Like, the amazing. atmosphere, the atmosphere was electric. There was at least as many Tigers fans, if not more, at the Gabba, and it was pulsating. Like, it was just 17 lead changes. And I kind of... It's a record, isn't it? Isn't that the most lead changes they've been in a final or something? I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, it it sort of had a feel about at the start that it's like, oh, Richmond just seemed to have all the answers. And then Brisbane just kept pegging away. And I was sitting right behind the Richmond cheer squad. They are legitimately intimidating. (laughs) Like, they are. Like, if I was a player on the field, I think that they would have, like, a good shot at putting me off. They just... They're very coordinated in their chants. Like, they're really... Like, they're like military position. And there was this one dude in the middle of the cheer squad, and I guess the other cheer squad guys have just kind of got used to him, this bald guy. He looked a bit like Stone Cold Steve Austin, like a little goatee and bald head. But he was so tense... He just stu- he stood upright for the whole game. He he spent like seventy percent of the game on his feet, just because like he was so kind of like involved in the game. I'm like, oh, the poor like Tigers fan <laughs> sitting behind there was, him. There was this one Richmond fan that uh, made the TV broadcast. You wouldn't have seen it because you're at the game, but you might have seen this clip go around the internet. I'm not sure because he, uh, you know, that after a, after a goal or a free kick, they might take a shot of the crowd, and so they got this gentleman, and he was mid. 
I think Richmond might have just scored a goal. So he, I think he was demonstrating uh, vociferously with another opposition-like person, like I imagine, who was off screen that he'd yeah. been having some sort of banter with. Yeah. And so the camera just hits him with both <laughs> middle fingers Like up. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. And he mouths... Fuck you, get fucked. <laughs> and then, but no, this is, it's not even done yet because they haven't realised to get off him. So then he does the international sign for blowjob. The big, you know, he goes, hang on. And, Are you sure he wasn't saying brush your teeth? Like, make sure you go home and brush your teeth. I mean, he may have Charlie if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. If you want to represent him at the tribunal, then you can say he was just suggesting that someone should brush their teeth. But it was the best. I was like, this is a good family game. The Gabba is such a strange ground. I'd never been there before. And like ordinarily, in most major cities in Australia, like the, the, you know, the major sports stadium is kind of like the centrepiece. Like you sort of arrange the city around it whereas the Gabbert feels like they had a suburb and then they just dropped an arena from the sky and it just landed it is so in such close proximity to shops and houses and stuff and like as you're trying to get close to it for a sellout game it's impossible I think what actually happened was that used to be the outskirts of Brisbane Right. And then after a while they're like oh actually we're going to need more Brisbane we're going to have to keep building right around this Uh, Lockie Neal that is, I'd never really had a good close-up look at Lockie Neal. I got to watch him off the ball yeah. a lot. And he was getting attention. He wasn't being tagged, but he definitely, like, you know, they had a couple of run with opponents. His clearance work is like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. Like, the amount of tricks he has in his in his kit bag. Tricks. Like, That's literally what it feels like, doesn't it? You go, oh, he's got that one where he sort of the launches Campbell. himself. The, the, that sort of launch forward Superman move that he does yeah. where he just gets that extra metre and a half to clear the ball out of packs. Like, he's got tricks. Yeah, he's like it's really weird because he's kind of got, like, if you think of all the best clearance players like a Joel Selwood and a Scott Pendlebury and even like a Paddy Cripps, he's got a bit of all of them. Mm. Like, he does these things. That, you know how Pendlebury, you know, time slows down and blah, blah, blah. Apparently he's got a basketball background. I found out oh, yeah. that the okay. other day. Interesting. <laughs> but Lucky Neil does that shit, but then with, like, explosive breakaway speed and he's also really he's stronger than he looks. Like, he's actually not a huge midfielder but like he can take a tackler on then he does a Joel Selwood thing where he sort of shrugs the, he shrugs like he, he's an amazing footballer and if the D's don't tag him then I reckon like particularly after what happened in the last game he'll be primed for like a massive massive game it was such a do you ever just like watch some footballers and go it is a pleasure like I, I hope one day like you know if my grandkids ask me about footballers and stuff, I can say, oh, yeah, I saw Lockie Neal play. I saw this one game. It was one of the best finals I've ever seen at the Gabba. It was just one of those kind of performances. Well, I think the thing that's not even being mentioned is without a ruckman. Yeah. The major thing that he needs to do his job effectively is for them to have a ruckman. And their ruckman has gone down in the first minute of the game. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to like rove the ball off their ruckman. I guess that's what I'm going to do for the rest of the game. The other thing that struck me about him is his haircut, right? So he's got that kind of wavy sort of brown hair sort of swept to the side, side part. And I just couldn't get out of my mind that if you put him in like a coat and tails, like a a maestro, he would look like a 1920s like orchestra conductor. He's got that, you know what I mean? That 1920s kind of floppy fringe hair. Well, speaking of haircuts, can we just take a moment to mention uh, Trent Cotchen, who has absolutely 100% returned to the $8 haircut. Like that is, 
That, that is one of the... Like, I don't think you could actually cut your hair that bad on purpose. It, there is something about it that is... It's, a, it's like, it is really... Like, it just looks so inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I think that... A lot of there's a, lo- a couple of periods during the game where it looked like Richmond were on top, and even right down to the last two minutes, like it felt yes. like Richmond were going to win. And I think even the staff who work at the Gabba thought oh. the Lions <laughs> would win because this is what happened after the game. <laughs> I mean, it happened at the the D's and Swans game too, where someone would hit the lights. Did you see that? Like while the yeah. game was still going, yeah. <laughs> it's like stop letting work experience kids up into the booth. I mean, for finals, this is what's keeping podcast Mike away from footy decisions like that. You know what? That's the thing. It's maybe it's not what's happening on the ground; it's what's happening off the ground that disturbs him. But the thing I was like, because I caught that when I was watching it on the TV, and I was like, did I just hear them? <laughs> Did the dude just play the wrong theme song? And I thought of all places for that to happen, Brisbane, where, like, that's high-level DJ action. This is like a DJ who has a specialist song for every one of those team members when they kick a goal. You wouldn't have thought you were in safer hands when it comes to play. Like, it's not like Charlie Cameron kicks a goal and he accidentally plays, you know, Let It Go, which is Joe Danaher's song, or vice versa. Like, that, this is high-level expertise. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was shocking. And then, look, there was a lot of controversy around <clears throat> the way the game ended, obviously. <laughs> Tom Lynch's shot at goal. I was actually, that was the, the yeah. I was behind the goals at that end. And... Look, I know that the umpire signaled a goal. I can tell you categorically there's no way that was a fucking goal. Like, that was travelling over the goalpost for sure. Like, and his reaction, his teammates, they all sprinted back into position. It was not a goal. But it was worth it just to hear Dimmer's sarcasm in the presser after the game. It's pretty costly, though. Would you like to see something? Oh, really? Do you think so? Do you think it's really costly? (laughs) Would you like to see... Oh, do you think so? That felt oh, really, really, really like late night King's Cross bar, didn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh do you think so, mate? Does it sound a bit like uh, it was, mate? Oh, he's got to be the chopper, the high chopper. Yeah. Where me is? Where yeah. me is? You're a funny girl, aren't you? Yeah. You're yeah, where funny. me is? Oh, chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, 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 it was. Um, like, that's pretty beautiful. <laughs> Dimmer has been in top form this week. Um, yes. You pointed this out, and I uh, had to follow up on your tweet. Oh my god! Uh, he did an interview with Three Hundred and Sixty this week that was just the best. One of the all-time great interviews, not just for Three Hundred and Sixty, but in Australian journalism history. My <laughs> like it was my the, There was so many moments in this interview that were where I could have sent the tweet saying this is the best interview of all time, and then it just kept getting better and better. So he was doing a, uh, a live cross from his home and uh, uh, Jared and, and Robbo were sort of cons- uh, persistently pushing, is Dusty going to play, is Dusty going to yes. play? Robbo asks him this question and this is what... Brisbane expects him to play. The football world is so anxious about watching Dustin Martin play. This is his time. This is September time. And you're sitting there saying he's in a squad of 26 <laughs> and he's done everything right. He's playing, isn't he? 
<laughs> Have you muted yourself I'm on a, purpose, I'm only joking, Robbo. It's all right. I can't answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> too good. You're smart ass, you are. I was... I, like, I was watching it, and it was the most convincing muting. Like, like <laughs> you didn't see it, his hand move or anything. Funny idea, good bit, but the yeah. execution of the bit comedically, I was like, that was... I want to get on the medicinal cannabis with Dimmer. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, but it didn't stop there, Will, because no. his dog uh, kept barking during the interview. So what does Dimmer do? I'll get the dog on my lap. Too far back to see how powerful they are. Dimmer, what they did. Hey, what's your dog's name again? <laughs> Call him over. Oh, bloody, bloody Hank. He's losing his mind. Uh, but he's not here. He's losing Hank. Hey, hey, bring him back. Put him on. <laughs> if he comes back, just put him on your knee. Yeah, who's this? Oh, yeah, he's a big dog to pry the knee, look. He's looking at him. Look at that big fella. Have a look at him. Well, he's losing his mind. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. The now, worst TV of all time, you bloke. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was not. It was the that best TV it. of all time. But you know what was my favourite part of all of that is I, I watched that and I was like, oh, that was a great, got some grabs to do guys one cup. And then I just let 360 play and they had Bevo on yeah. later in the episode. <laughs> now, this is a real visual thing. you got to watch it. So when Dimmer did his uh, across from his home, he, it was a, like a beautiful living room, high ceilings, beautiful yeah. mantelpiece behind him, clear white walls. <laughs> when Bevo does it, I assume he's in like like his closet or something he's sitting with like a shitty $10 Ikea bookshelf behind him. There's like a coat rack with a couple of stringy bits of laminate hanging off it. There's it, some like Play-Doh and a kid's toy. to the moon and back. <laughs> what the hell? Like, are they not paying him enough? Like where is he living? Or did he commandeer his kid's room to do this interview in? It really did feel like it was the storage room at the house. Yeah. It? it was like this is the room where we store stuff. And also yeah. Luke has to go and do his interview. We find out, it's a hard way to find out that uh, Bevo and his wife are having issues. Just, they've been fighting. <laughs> he's like, just this got, is where I sleep now. <laughs> he's like, he's just sleeping on the floor in his sleeping bag. And like Craig McRae is just ringing him up constantly going, you're a loser. Get off the floor, you loser. <laughs> uh, now, Will, um, we've got a ton of... Uh, Can I just say work. quickly, Yeah, feels a bit Richmondy. The way that the game was decided, the overturn... It feels a little bit Richmondy. Ah, oh, see, I, I had a few people who did stuff to say that, but I don't think it was. It wasn't bizarre enough. Like if it was Richmondy, I mean, to have very... the arc overturn the umpire's call based on like not having like on, on insufficient evidence in that moment <laughs> for for the players to not celebrate for like their key gun forward to miss like a goal that he should have never missed in those circumstances for them to lose like. Are we missing the fact that there's a touch of Richmondy about this? I don't think, like I said, I think it's on the low end of Richmondy. It would be more Richmondy if Tom Lynch had celebrated and they had signalled a oh, goal yeah, okay. and all the players had put him on their oh, shoulders and were point. running around good and point. then it got it denied. Who did like we say, just, though, was the opposition's most Richmondy player? Joe Danaher. Oh, Joe Danaher. And yeah. who stood up in the final quarter? Joe Danaher. Joe Danaher. I yeah. don't know. It, it, I'm not saying it was full Richmondy, but there was some Richmondy elements and flavours. I mean, it's funny, actually. I, the one thing I'll say about the Brisbane supporters, I didn't really get a good gauge of them as a 
you know, like a, 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 a uh, uh, what do you call it when it's like a, a monolith, <laughs> like a, as, as a group, as a group. Brisbane supporters. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say is that they have quickly embraced um, uh, rolling their eyes at Joe Danner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think Essendon supporters and Brisbane, if they have nothing else in common, like slapping their forehead, foreheads at the, the antics of Joe Danner, they definitely have in common. Uh, well, see, that's an increased understanding of the game, isn't it? That's, I mean, I'm so glad for football in Brisbane because obviously they'd had that huge sellout crowd the week before and it had just, well, two weeks before or whenever it was against Melbourne and it had just been embarrassing. And, like, for that many people to come out again, I'm glad for football in Brisbane. The result went the way that it went. Um, okay, uh, let's get to the mailbag because we have so many people who want to talk about the footy on the weekend. I figured this can take us out of the show. If you want to send us a message, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget, we'll give our tips for uh, the games for the final, remaining finals every Thursday, 5 p.m. on Instagram Live. Um, last week, I had to do it while I was driving, while I was holding in my Wii on the Gold Coast Highway because it's the only way I could get to the game in time and, and do our tips. Um, and we've pinned a whole year's worth of tips. So if you feel like a bit of extra content that is two guys, one cup related, and it doesn't really matter that it's like topical, we, we just pulling shit out of our ass. It's just a lot of talk around football and, 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 and that's all on Instagram page at two guys, one cup AFL. This is from Yellow Wattle. How beautiful is it to see Chris Fagan happy? Yeah, Amazing. Beautiful. That's one of the things we talked about on the tips mm was I floated the idea that if they lost at the Gabba again, that maybe he'd be given the arse. And you were adamant, fervent in your, uh, they must hang on to Chris Fagan. The game needs Chris Fagan. But yeah, He's I, not the coach we need, but the coach we deserve. And I think that game might have, you might be right. It, it certainly makes his time there more guaranteed. Like, you know, you can't imagine that they'll replace him now that he's won a final. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad. Football needs him. It was just nice to see him there. It was just, uh, I mean, the way that he hugged Lockie Neal, though, was like a real hug of, oh, yeah, this is, means a lot to you. Like, it was yeah. a real, like, thank you. You might have saved my job. My family thanks you. Whatever you need. I just get worried, like, when the siren just goes and the yeah. players are jumping on each other and you see someone jump on Chris Fagan, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> Something bad's going to happen. Come on. His pants are going to fall down. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, get off me, Robbo. Oh, no. I've broken my femur. Oh, jeez. Help. Help me. <laughs> It's crawling around on the gabber in front of 40,000 people trying to find his glasses. Oh, jeez. Okay, this is from Keegs. Uh, With Junior Rioli joining Port, I don't know if that is that being confirmed. But that that is, he said that he would like to join Port, I think. Okay, does the Rioli blessing outweigh the Hinkley curse? Every team gets a Rioli. Well, see, I, I do think Richmond are a bit selfish that they have two Riolis. I feel like... If the AFL is truly about equalisation, then one of those Riolis should be redistributed to one of the other Well, clubs. that's what makes the Dacos thing mm. even more infuriating, is, like, at least the Riolis spread get spread around. around. Bit, yeah. You know, but the, day, the Dacos has all go to one club. That doesn't seem fair. Everyone gets a Dacos. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people wanted to know if you're holding up okay. Yeah, he's doing fine. I'm fine. Uh, right and Glee Right Angle Media says if aliens invented the AFL for their entertainment who are the alien reps on the ground the players the media etc okay so who do we think is an alien pretending to be a human involved in the AFL Kane Corns I think 
just completely misunderstanding human interaction and just thinking, well, I'll just speak like this. I think, yeah. I mean, Joe Danaher, if, it, if you told me Joe Danaher's from another planet, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, there is a sense of him observing what is going on around him like an alien the observer would. Like, it's yeah. just like, oh, that Every time he's on the ground, it's yeah. like, has he ever been on a football yeah, field like, Look what happened. You know? This is cool, right? <laughs> Wow. I reckon Matt, Matt Rowell would be more of your like star man kind yeah. of like curious, you know, even he's got that Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg yeah. kind of like over enthusiastic, like knows that like young teenage boys but, have a um, one football in their room, but he's, at, he's got 52, <laughs> you know, like he's trying too hard to be human. I am very human. Um, with all, uh, Sarah says, with all the jokes about Geelong's retirement home, it's the young guns that lifted. Yeah. I and I am one of those people who made many jokes. In the off-season, our producer, Sam, I sent him a, an AFL meme that was like a bunch of old men in Geelong jumpers saying, hey, this is your footy club. Well, turns out, joke's on me. Yeah, but their old guys were good too. Well, not all of them, but like a lot of them were good. I mean, Selwood played, that was the best game I've seen Selwood play for ages. Uh, Rogue Swan wants to know does Melbourne have the most diverse haircuts in the league you've got the immovable hair of Fritch to the wild mane of uh, of Oliver um, no I think there's more diversity in the Bulldogs lineup. I mean Bailey Smith is at one end of some spectrum yeah. and then you can go all the way to Tim English being like total dork hair I reckon if, if, if it is a spectrum and haircuts are on a spectrum yeah. well, let's all admit that that's right yeah <laughs> like some, some guys don't even want to show their hair like Caleb Daniel um, uh, Nikki Luro says where does last Thursday's game rank in the all time rich in the moments well according to me it's very low but according to Will... I think what, there were Richmondy elements. Uh, now, this is funny. If you'd listen to our bonus podcast on TOEFOP, mm. we had someone write in complaining about um, the use of the term, the cliche one wood, as in a player oh, yeah. brings out his yes. one wood. So I don't know if this is the same person, but it's the same question. <laughs> Why are all these references to one woods being used? It should be putters. For example, pressure it's, is their putter. It has to be the same person. It's got to be the same person because that is almost <laughs> word for exactly word. The same, point. <laughs> the same point. So, but they're obviously extremely passionate about it and are spreading that word everywhere. Now, I don't know if Hannah here is being uh, is joking or not, but she's saying uh, McRae's comments on Collingwood players' reaction to the loss hashtag toxic masculinity. I mean, if, that, if you're being ironic, then okay, well played. I don't think it's toxic masculinity. Yeah. I think what that is is tough love. I think that is a dad saying, I mean, sure, if you are not into the trophy, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, then I think it could be interpreted like that. But I don't think it's toxic masculinity. I don't think he was saying tears are bad. I don't think he was saying, you know, vulnerability is bad. I think what he's saying is there's still another week of footy. So just, you know, let's get on with the job. That's what he was doing. If I do have one bit of feedback that ties two of those comments together which is Collingwood feedback that Craig McRae should be giving his players and Collingwood um, so haircuts I find it hard to tell Darcy Moore from that other fella <laughs> who looks like Darcy Moore and that you know there's another guy the there's another Collingwood player who like has a very Darcy Moore-esque haircut is he the forward no, like he plays down the back line as well. Like, and he's yeah, it is. got it. And, and I will say the same, I have the same problem at Geelong with um, Guthrie and, and DeConnie. Um, yeah, yeah. They both have the same like bob and headband look. And I find them, so I think 
you, you choose one. One of you gets <laughs> to have that look and the other one has to have a slightly different look. Um, what do you think about umpires putting the whistle away for finals? Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think Craig McRae was also complaining about the umpiring, but I thought it was good. Put the whistle away. No, I don't like it. I, I, would, I would like to see them play more free kicks. Pay, pay more uh, free kicks. On, on your point about Darcy Moore, Holmeal says, Darcy Moore's headband with his new haircut mm. seems unnecessary. Nah, I think it's, uh, he's got long enough hair that you need a headband. Yeah, don't need it, but you can certainly justify it. Um, Hibiscus uh, says, if you thought flag mantle was bad in the Brisbane Lions comment section, I keep seeing the line, Chris Flagan, Flagan, Chris Flagan. No. Will sucking in air through his teeth. That's not a good sign. And he looks like my dad. My dad used to (laughs) do that as well when he was disappointed with me. Uh, Keegs wants to know what do you think Nat Fife wrote on that piece of paper to spur the comeback from half time mm. um, I'll give you all shares in my property portfolio <laughs> who wants a helicopter one free helicopter ride <laughs> 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 alright we'll just finish off with a few more from our Twitter account uh, same as our Instagram at 2guys1cupafl on Twitter um, April who's a regular listener to the show, says, for a few minutes of the Swans game, BT let loose with his accurate observation. Some damage to the front end of the beautiful-looking Isaac Heaney. I'm glad to see Isaac is getting kudos for his best asset, his pretty face. This must be the third time that April has written in to us to let us know that Isaac Heaney is the best-looking man in football. I don't think he is. Well, I mean, everybody has individual tastes, but I did... Uh, that piece of commentary was hilarious because Brian... Like basically just stopped and said, "He's beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Brian, that he is, but weird. Uh, James says, following the Lynch non-goal, I've heard suggestions such as microchipping the ball and using lasers on yes. the post. Have you got any other whack ideas about how we can unnecessarily complicate an already complicated game in the pursuit of umpiring perfection? Uh, have you got five years of the two guys, one cup to go through? I think we do that every second episode. We come up with some rule change. Here's what I will say is, I, I do think that the goal umpiring technology doesn't fit with the spirit of the rest of the game because we do look for perfection in this area. Whereas, you know, they put the whistle, you talk about them putting the whistles away. They've literally come into a game and umpired it a completely different way to what they umpired it for like the rest of the regular season. What happened to hands up his 50, mate? Yeah. Like you see it all the time now. Everyone's turned into like an Italian bloody cliche. Like, hey, hey, hey. And then like not getting... Put it this way. If you watch the first few rounds of the season and then just check back in for the finals, you'd be like, is this a completely different game (laughs) that they're playing now? So I think... Yeah, I, I, I've always said that I love, you know, it, we play a ball with an oval, it, it play a game with an oval ball and it bounces in weird directions and I, I think we should embrace that. Now, we'll finish on a bit of fun. Uh, this was from Matt O'Neill uh, on Twitter and he said, hey, have you seen that SEN released Dwayne Russell's Spotify playlist? Oh, this is awesome. the Dwayne's World okay, great. playlist. So do you want to have a quick scan through this and then we'll, yes, we'll look at it? Okay, so... Good. Uh, so this is on Spotify. So um, he's got a bit of placebo there, loud like love. Okay. Um, placebo. Good Charlotte. Li- li- Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. Okay. So, so far, here's what I'm getting from Dwayno. Emo. He's a bit emo. <laughs> Dwayno emo. Emo Dwayno. Um, Fallout Boy. Sugar, we're going down. <laughs> Some 41 in too deep. It sounds like he needs a pocket chain and a ball bearing necklace. Oh, God. Eyebrow ring. <laughs> 
Blink-182, what's my name again? What? <laughs> <laughs> what is your dino? Uh, Some 41 again, yeah. Fat Lip. Uh-huh. Uh, more Good Charlotte, more Blink-182. Um, a Simple Plan, I'm Just a Kid. Yeah. Uh, Goldfinger's cover of 99... Uh, oh, no, so Goldfinger's 99 Red Balloons. Mm-hmm. Jet, Are You Gonna Go My Way, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, can't stop red hot chili peppers. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Mr. Brightside, the killers. You can't not. <laughs> That's the Shawshank Redemption of AFL playlists. Uh, pretty fly for a white guy. And I love that because there's lots of kind of puns and rhyming yeah. slang in that. So I reckon that's Dwayne would like that because he's getting some ideas. Surely at some stage he should be dropping references to things like that. I mean, you could say like when a, like Jeremy Howe takes a big mark, you could say he was pretty pretty fly for a white guy surely that's like you could drop that right into the like uh, you look like jeremy howe looked like he was saying give it to me baby uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> not a lot of hip-hop on this it's like no. mainly pop punk and yeah. uh contemporary rock so jet are you gonna go my way uh green day killing heidi, killing heidi. <laughs> okay and not even like we're their big hit <laughs> it's calm down by killing heidi oh, yeah. Uh, creeping up slowly by Taxi Ride. Remember that? Taxi, get set, everybody. Do you remember? Oh my God! I made a music video for this band, Australian pop punk band Kiss Chasey. Had a hit called Strings <laughs> and Drums. Uh, my wife and I made their music video. Uh, Faker, this heart attack. Um, Powderfinger, of course. Yeah. Baby, got oh the first. Okay, the first hip hop act on Dwayne oh, yeah. Russell. Oh, we got, we got. Okay, let me give me. Um, I mean, I, it it. It makes complete sense. Probably the only, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you'll get it. Like, think about. <laughs> give me a pocket profile style clue. We've done no pocket pocket okay. profile, so give me a pocket profile style clue to get me to guess who Duano's. Oh, is it the Hilltop Hoods? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, there's nothing I could say because I said, oh, they're Australian hip-hop artists. You, that's the first band well, you go to. I was trying to get like, to... What, what night of the week does Dwayne Russell like calling footy the most? <laughs> yes, that's what I was, I was trying to get to. Yeah. I was going to say, he brings it live. Yeah. <laughs> like Friday night footy. Uh, yes, then there's a bit of Powderfinger. Kiss Chasey again. I mean, I work with those guys. I didn't realize they had more than one song. Uh, Living End, White Noise. Uh, the Neon Trees, uh, a lot of Blink-182. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it seemed to be his favourite band. Blink-182 and Sum 41 yeah. <laughs> are very highly represented. Loves numbers, okay. do I know? Lenny Kravitz, He Wants to Fly oh, Away. Yeah. Uh, this Love by Maroon 5, something that I imagine mis- with Dwayne and Mrs. Russell <laughs> yeah. when they want to slow things down a bit. Bit of Coldplay, Gorillaz, Joe Jackson. Now, <laughs> Jamiroquai. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne Russell has the taste of someone in music who loves covers bands. This is a real covers band set list. Uh, Franz Ferdinand, Take Me Out. Good Thin time. Lizzy, The Boys Are Back in Town. Uh, Scissor Sisters, Take Your Mama. Oh, yeah. And then Fat Boy Slim, Praise You. Now, the okay. thing about this is, this is music that, like, you know, I just watched Woodstock 99. This is all music from my vintage, really. I would have thought Dwayne's an extra, like, 10, 15 years Above that, isn't he? I don't know. What do you think Dwayne Russell is? I mean, I don't know how old Dwayne Russell is. I would have thought he was like early 50s. 57 years old, Dwayne. All right, so he's 12 years older than me. I still think that's too old to be listening to those people. (laughs) (laughs) He's got um, sons, though, doesn't he? Doesn't he have like like a son or sons that are kind of like 
young adults. So maybe I'm it's not sure. maybe it's like dad. I reckon his son was even in a band. But he wouldn't have had a son. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. I, we did his pocket profile and I think yeah. he hadn't met his wife at that point and he's in his early 20s. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't line up well. It doesn't line up. Something's going on here. Uh, <laughs> he, so he's... Um, do I, I guess you just want, sometimes you just want to sip a Red Bull and listen to Fatboy Slim. His uh, son's name is Joss, J-O-S-S. Oh. Joss Russell, and um, uh, here we go. So here's a little profile. Tantalising typhoon tidbit. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, let me, oh, no, I need to actually sign up to read that. I can't read that. Um, but basically, this is an article from uh, 2012, and it says that he volunteers as a roadie for his son's band. So that means that, like, his son... And he's plugged into yeah, the music scene. yeah. I would like to know if his band, his son's band, are like a pop punk I bet they band because that would right? explain all the Blink One Eighty Two, some Forty One, of it all. Yeah, I would have thought so, right? I like that the Hilltop Hoods get a mention. Yeah, I wonder if it's only they only get a mention because they reference footy. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think that that's the way his son could like convince him? Hip hop's good, no, Dad. Listen, look, these guys talk about football, mate. I, I, okay, I've found. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> I found Joss Russell's uh, kind of a, a page where you could book Joss Russell to come and do yep. your event. Uh, so this will give us a little sense of Joss and what it is. That we he should does. book Joss just to get Dwayne. We should good. We should book Joss to do like a two guys one cup party because Dwayne will be his roadie, and then we can ask Dwayne questions. That's a good point. So Joss does covers. He's the cover okay. musician. Uh, since 2011, Joss Russell has been one of Victoria's most in-demand cover musicians playing regularly around Geelong, Melbourne and the Surf Coast. His extensive experience includes performances on the main stage at the Australian Open, as well as the main stage of the Formula One Grand Prix. A lot of sporting events, basically. (laughs) So, um, throughout his career, Joss Russell has opened for Australian legends Daryl Braithwaite, Ross Wilson, Brian Mannix, Blue Juice, Taxi Ride, there's the connection, Brian Cadd and Russell Morris and his original music is featured on Triple M. So, yeah, I reckon he plays like, you know, pop punk rock music would be my guess. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, book Joss Russell. Yeah, that's part of the <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's two guys one cup for this week. Um, don't forget to go to tofop.com to check out our other podcast. We do one called yes. Tofop. We recorded it yesterday. It was very funny. Um, we recorded a bonus episode um, from someone who obviously listens to both this show and our other show because mm. that point about one woods and putters was made. <laughs> if you if, if, if unless you're if you're really looking for some more golf metaphor content, then listen to both Two Guys, One Cup and Dive Up This Week. Yeah, and uh, I will also, also say that um, uh, we did skip over Charlie busting and go to the toilet on his drive to the Brisbane game because we had a... Oh, that makes up like a third yeah, of the episode. Uh, we had an in-depth conversation about that on Tofop. <laughs> Don't think that I just skipped by that. We just already talked about it. <laughs> Uh, And Will, you sat down with the dollops Gareth Reynolds. Yes, on uh, this episode of Fofop, very funny episode with Gareth Reynolds. It's always awesome when Gareth is on the show. To you guys, one cup of tips will be a Thursday afternoon, 5pm on Instagram Live. Play on, not 15. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.